You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. We've been doing this for so long. It is now the 47th episode, almost a year since we've started this wonderful podcast. And for that, we apologize. But um, lots going on. This is Tim Hayes. I'm in actually not in Gainesville, Florida, top secret location. Lots of cool things going on. But you can find me on Twitter at the Super Rookie and joined by Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. Spencer, is the snow still there, and how can we find you on the Twitters? So I'm on Twitter at Spencer Howe, um, that's H-A-U-G-H, and the snow, there's enough snow here that I, I'm i having dreams about fat bikes. I'm, I'm waking up and seeing visions of them. I daydream about them at work. It's I can't tell if it's nightmares or well, cold sweats or what's going oh. on, but you know, that's how much published- snow there is. We even published a fat bike video on our Facebook page. You can get on Facebook.com slash the slow ride podcast in a slow motion fat bike crash. It is amazing. And our expert in fat biking, the star of the show, the people that my wife who's sitting there listening to the podcast in bed, a little strange goes, you know, little guy is really good at this whole podcast thing. It's like I'm there sitting next to him and he's talking to me and little guy. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. It's nice talking uh, to you too. Oh man, like little guy stealing the hearts and minds of our listeners. Uh, you know, are you on Twitter? I didn't guy? know. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Tw- tw- Twitter, Twitter at little guy Matt. I'm an. You egg. know how you just said that? That was almost like the first tweet that Spencer That's and I, I wrote for you when we created the Twitter account. Over three years ago, and I'm happy to report that you still haven't changed the icon from the Twitter egg. So you're doing it right, little guy. <laughs> yeah, did you? Is that what your first was? The, that the first tweet that I'm an egg? I didn't even. No, I, think I don't your know first if I've ever tweet seen was something like tweet. your first tweet was like boop 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 Twitter. Oh, it's something <laughs> I say was... all the time, so that makes sense. Yeah. It's like so, pretty know, much the only thing I say. Bitty lots bop. of cool things uh, happening here in the uh, the world. Yeah, of the let's slow talk ride, about bikes. Of the Slow Ride podcast, uh, we had over almost five. Well, now we have five hundred listens. The episode forty six. Um, you can always email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail dot com. Tweet at the Slow Ride Pod. All of the information, show notes, everything exciting. Including non podcast information is on our Tumblr page, which is the Slow Ride Podcast dot com. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher. Leave us a review. That always helps our ranking and to get us uh, some more listeners, which is always nice. We'd like to have that. Uh, Crosshairs, our friend uh, at cxhairs.com, left us a nice review saying that they were on Team Spenner. Ah, that's me. Which I was a little hurt when I read that review, but thanks uh, um, for the, the, the support with the nice review, Bill. Uh, that was another, nice of you. another one for the good guys. 
So guys, a lot of bike racing to talk about, but mainly let's talk about the big news that all of our listeners want to know. Dan Craven, back out there racing. He was at the DVWV in Belgium, because I'm not even going to oh, try to announce it. Good Jeez. job. You like good good abbreviation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. the prologue, he got 123rd out of 183 starters. Not bad. Not the bad. next day... He did. He went down to 156th place, but only out of 180 finishers because our man is a finisher. That's yep. true. Stage two, he he sped it up a little bit. He got 122nd out of 180. Nice. So he finished the DVWV, a prestigious stage race that everyone needs to finish some point in their career. He finished in 120th place at only nine minutes 27 seconds down. Now that's that is. That is 55 spots out of where we need him to be. Yes. So, Dan Craven, if you're listening to this, and we know that someone in Namibia is listening because we see it on the Google Analytics. So, my guess is it's probably you or your mom. Yeah. You yeah. need to really step up your game. Mom. That'd be so sweet. You if really need to step to up your pie. game, uh, Mr. Dan Craven. If you want to share the stage with us at the at the Richmond... 2016 no. World Championship, 2015 World Championship. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Slow Ride Podcast live show. We need you yeah. there, Dan, but you need to get a top 65 at some point uh, I mean, this season. Tim, can we just cut to the chase and say we we need him to get that top 65 because we've already ordered the T-shirts that that say top 65 in um, Slow Ride Podcast, and uh, there's there's no refund on our deposit on that. And we have pallets full in the warehouse. Yeah, when they're going to be a hot seller, you know. So he's got to he's gotta get there. He's got he's on a slow build though. I understand. He's got uh, he's got all year to uh, before Richmond to uh, to you know where he'll finish sixty fifth in the world. Here's the thing: it will be a slow build. But Dan, Dan, I'm speaking to you, just me and you right now. Dan, you really got to get it together because. We don't want this T-shirt to be an ironic T-shirt because those don't last. We need this to be a T-shirt based on reality. So get a 65th place. All like right? like, like the rest of this podcast is totally based in reality. Yes. You guys, I think I just saw a UFO outside the window. <laughs> Speaking of reality. Um, so let's move on to the, uh, the other bike racing, the less prestigious race that was this past weekend. And, of course, that was in Italy, the Battle of the White Roads, home of the second greatest trophy for a winner. Strada, wait, wait, what's the name of it? Strada yeah, okay. Bianca. Strada Bianche. It's something like that. Probably. It's Strada Blanca, just like Street Fighter. <laughs> And, and you know, and it was Zendex Divar that said finish them and destroyed all competition. Oh, it was a thing it was a thing of beauty. It was really was a that, thing wait, of wait. beauty. Yes. Was that Street Fighter or was that Mortal Kombat where they said finish him? And then they, I thought that was Mortal Kombat. I think it was Mortal Kombat and then they'd pull out the spine when a yeah. scorpion would come in. Yeah. Which one was Blanca in? I have no idea. I don't think I've played either of them ever. I just remember that may watching have been Street kids. Fighter. Play. I don't know. Maybe yeah. one of our listeners can let us know in the comments. But regardless, <laughs> have to tweet Spencer, at us. <laughs> St- yeah, Stybar, we need to know. Stybar went into that as a fighter, as the yes. man possessed. He was going up against oh everybody's favorite racer, Alejandro Valverde of Movie Star. Enemy of the podcast. And Greg Van Armerat, Avermat. Ever, there you go. Of Team Gerber, BMC. Yep, yep. 
And, you know, honestly, I thought it was going to be Valverde. When I was watching that, I think everyone thought it was going to be Valverde because he's on – he's just really good at these types of races. But yeah. Stybar, we all, the people's champion, especially us that – all of us that like cyclocross. I mean, what were you thinking when you watched that little guy, when you, when you watched that final uh, portion? I think the same thing. I was thinking Valverde was going to attack on that, that last climb into the town, and then he didn't. Greg attacked, and then Valverde popped, and I couldn't believe it. And then Stybar came around. Very exciting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was pretty, I pretty pumped. Another win for Quick Step. They've been cleaning up this spring. Just pretty much hey, nonstop. Hey, except for Head Vogue. But, um, yeah, I, except for Head Vogue. Let's forget about that. that. I also thought Valverde was going to attack like pretty much at the bottom of that climb with 1K to go. And uh, when he didn't, um, you know, I was not sure he was going to even finish on the podium because I thought Sepp was coming up uh, pretty quick, but uh, apparently he was a little more cracked than I gave him credit for. Uh, but he had it's a great a lot race. Of, it's a lot of Sepp to drag up that last climb. That's true. That was, was an impressive ride by a big guy who's really – not you know, made for on, a race quite like that. You he's know? on some crazy form right now, and uh, I think Sepp is definitely on the uh, the edge of some uh, a big win this spring. Yeah, um, hopefully. But guys, I, I I'm with you. That that final climb has to be one of the coolest things in all of cycling. It it is over um, to me. It's it's over Alpes Like going through the medieval uh, fortress town underneath those weird like sidewalk bridges. I will put skyways. it over. They're um, called skyways, Tim. Skyway, yeah. Over the skyways. Uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's what the replacements uh, wrote that song about. Was that small town in Italy? And yep. uh, it's true. Yeah, I think that that Alpes is cool, but I'm going to go the indie rock style and say the finish at at uh, Strada uh, uh, Bianca is by far the best. <laughs> I don't even know what the race is. You know. You know. So. Uh, Piggybacking off Strata, Strata Bianca, um, when when Stybar won, I thought, oh, that's great. You know, I'm really happy he won. But I thought, man, the the Quick Step team for like Flanders and Roubaix and this stuff, the pecking order is all going to be just a pain in the ass. Like they're going to have no idea what to do because you know they want Boonen to win, but he's just not quite there. And Stybar is obviously better this wait, year, wait, and Terps just probably better. Deck? Is that the news desk coming to check in with an update? Oh, oh it is. Oh, breaking news. Boonen broke his collarbone. Oh, problem solved. <laughs> problem solved. Boonen, take a break. Stiebler's so, a new leader of Quick Step. I, I think you're absolutely right, little guy. There was definitely a weird like pecking order. And Stiebler has to be the most frustrated after Umloop because he was in that second group. And to see the chaos that came yeah. out and then he's sitting there sitting on the whole time. And he's like, we should have just brought the groups back together. I would have, you know, I would have finished him. <laughs> I don't think it really matters that they lose Boonin because they've got two other Boonins that look just like a Boonin. And who even really knows for sure if the Boonin that crashed today is the real Boonin? It could That's be like a, a good point, like a Boonin imposter. It, well, a stand-in, perhaps. Like, uh, you know, the president uh, has a look-alike. You know, so if he gets assassinated, they don't get the right guy. That kind of thing. Yeah, like the movie Dave. Sure. <laughs> That's a great movie. That's um, a good movie. You know, yeah, one of I the think you're right, Spencer. 
one of the it's things a, that... it's either that or, or uh, weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine uh, Tom Boonen as a weekend in Bernie's character? Uh, yes, just, I, just most nights I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the way the form has been off the last couple of years. <laughs> oh, there's so many jokes that just write themselves with that uh, situation, but uh, we'll, we'll just stop there. So one of the coolest things to me about the racing the, over the last two weeks at both Umloop and then at Strada um, was the lack of um, race radios. And I think it's really uh, come out to play in both races. Kind of that miscommunication on how Quick Step was going to handle uh, Ian Stannard at the end of Umloop, and then also this situation with um, Orica Green Edge was the only team from the, in the peloton trying to bring back the groups when uh, even though Fabian Consolara had been dropped from that lead group. So Trek never went up to the front. And I'm wondering how much of that has to do with the lack of the race radio. I really like that. And, of course, they're going to tell you that race radios are about safety and all that. And it's like, no, it's because these riders are robots and they can't read a race from themselves. But a guy like Cancellara can. And a guy like Stybar can, and it's very important to see. And um, I'm really into this lack of race radios. It's been awesome. Yeah, I uh, I agree. It it does make the racing better, despite despite what you know the safety serious safety concerns. Now that's why that's why Simon Garens uh, broke his elbow or whatever yes or the other day that's, at, at that's not why. Strata. No, it is. It's because it's because he didn't we, have a radio. We all know why it is. It's because Tim has picked him to win things uh, in the oh, last few weeks. Yeah, and the curse but, of the super rookie has struck him down. I don't think has Tim actually picked him. When did Tim I pick did. him? Because he probably I, did. I picked him he? for one of the uh, the races because I, I said he was going to. I don't know what race, but I think this is important. Dan Craven, I, I'm sure your mom is still listening. So, Mrs. Craven, I like your son. I want your son to do really well, but don't take it as an insult that I only want him to be 65th place. Because oh, if he's good. higher, One I have person. a track record of guys just failing miserably. Yeah. Um, you can look at my old fantasy cycling teams from way back in 2006 that maybe we'll get oh. to later. Yeah. Filled with curses. I'm going to pull that let's information just, let's just Let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it now because I want to know. I don't remember who was on your team, Tim, but I'm sure every one of them has been busted for dope. I'm, I'm forwarding this information to you guys right now. I have it. Well, I, I've got it pulled up. So – my team How in 2006, yeah. um, I had Robbie McEwen. He's okay. He was kind of getting near the end. But uh, let, let's go through the, uh, the hottest He might not list. have ever been busted. You guys ready? Francisco yeah. Mancebo, my second pick when he was on AJ2R. Yep. Okay. Busted. Uh, busted. Levi Leipheimer when he was on Gerald Steiner. Busted. Yep. Uh, Jose Rujano when he was on Sella Italia. Busted. Yeah. Well, we don't know if he got busted. Uh, he just disappeared think, in the Venezuelan yeah. jungle for a few months mm-hmm. and then came back and kind of disappeared. He's, he's dirty. I'm okay. pretty sure. <laughs> Cadell Evans. Never been busted, but That's he did true. break his collarbone three times after I picked him that year. That's, That's true. true. That was like his one of his worst that years was, was, was when you got him. That was the second time he got the collarbone. Michael Rasmussen of Rabobank. Yeah, clean as a whistle. That guy was That fine. guy was clean as Christophe TV. Moreau. Oh, the tongue. <laughs> oh. You know, Christophe Moreau. I, man, I, I miss Christophe Moreau. I don't think he ever did. He got busted with Fastana, Festina, sorry, but he never uh, got busted again. <laughs> that was a really good <laughs> Oh, man. We totally need to make some sort of weird Fastana, like okay. Festina, Astana mashup album. <laughs> That'd be so amazing. Um, we'll put Richard Veronk's legs on uh, Nabali's head. 
Oh, I like this. Festana. Okay. I had um, Mr. Clean Kim, Kim Kirchin of T-Mobile. I mean, he never got busted. He did have that heart problem. but I know. That's what I'm never. saying. He's Mr. Clean. I did have, but he had a heart problem, and I he had, had to retire at the age of like 29 because you gave him a heart condition. Exactly. I had <laughs> Yvonne Mayo of Uscatel. Yeah, he yep. was clean. Watch that. Whoa, can we – we need to find hair. that video of him laughing about EPO. Anyway, go on. And then, of course, I did have my favorite racer with the Cinderella pick in the 11th round of that draft, Axel Merckx, which – you know what? I love Axel Merckx. I don't care what anyone says about Axel Merckx, even though he uh, – uh, is tall, but <laughs> yeah, hate, he hate was the son you. of a legend. And you know what? If he was anybody else's son, he would have been heralded for having a wonderful career. And he, I can't imagine the pressure it, there is to be Eddie Merckx's son and to handle it the way that Axel Merckx did. So salute to you. So there you go. That's my team from 2006, guys. And as you can see, my track record is not very good. So <laughs> I, 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 I need to really kind of, uh, you know, Stop what, picking. Like, yeah. One, one. I don't know. Why did you think Karens would do well in any race? He broke his collarbone like two months ago. And then two, why did you give him a broken elbow after he had a broken collarbone? Hasn't the man gone through enough? It's because he didn't have the race radio. Uh, I mean, I don't know. But that's the thing with the uh, the race radio that, you know, it's just it's so much fun watching this racing without and to watch the complaining. It's been great. Yeah. Anyways. Makes TJ Van Garderen sad. It's it keeps things exciting. You know, when there's no racer radio, anything could happen. You know, George Hincapie could win a mountain stage in the tour. Like that kind of crazy. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Radio Sweet for reference. <laughs> so, um, one of my favorite uh, things also, and we can, we can uh, allude back to the, our 2006 fantasy cycling league, which was so much fun. And we'll talk more about it in a minute, but Strata, the Strata has Strata Bianca has a wonderful, um, trophy, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's a, it's a round uh, metal object, but it has a, uh, um, one hourglass. of those uh, hourglass with the actual dirt from one of the those sections. And this is the original gravel grinder. really is. And this race just takes that in with the trophy. It is the second best trophy in all of cycling to, of course, the race that starts tomorrow, the Torreno Andriatico in Italy. And that with Poseidon's trident is the greatest trophy <laughs> in the history of sports. It's the, also it the most really dangerous. Yeah. Oh, by far yeah. the most. The only way that trophy presentation can be better is if they give you that trident, and then at the same time you get the hat from the Tour de Basque Country. And, oh, man, like m- runway Wait, potential. do you get that at the Tour of the Basque Country or at San Sebastian? Oh, it's San Sebastian. Do you get a hat at Tour of the Basque Country too? It's San Sebastian that has the hat. It's a different hat, yeah. KBK, uh, oh. Kern, Brussels, Kern, uh, Donkey, yeah. in which, uh, you know, Hincapi didn't win, uh, or did win a long time ago. So I quit watching. They get the, they get the donkey, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty good price. Um, so one more race of note that we do want to talk about, uh, but, uh, we did, we just mentioned Andriatico. We do need to talk quickly about Paris Nice. Um, Kiwakowski is a machine. The world champion is out there and it is really cool seeing the world champion, having to don a yellow leader's jersey instead of the world champion's jersey. To me, that is an exciting thing. I can't imagine – I don't even know the last time a world champion has led a race. To have to not get to wear the world championship jersey while they're in the yellow jersey. So 
Anyways, and Spencer, do you want to fill us in on uh, if Kiwakowski was in the all-yellow kit or if he had a little bit of a nice style taste today? I had a lot of fear and a lot of questions uh, leading up to his uh, his debut there. Um, you know, we knew he was going to be in yellow, but we didn't know what he was going to do uh, from the waist down, um, which is something I'm pretty much constantly thinking about when I think about Kiyakowski. Um He's Polish. Well, there's that. He's, he's Polish. Yeah, in, in some ways, yes. Anyway, um, was he going to wear... Wait, 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 wait. What ways is he not Polish? Like, are you... Like he's he's Polish. I'm pretty sure he's just Polish. There's a there's never mind. Um, Was he gonna was was he gonna wear yellow shorts to match the yellow top, the tunic, the fleece, the golden fleece? Was he gonna wear world championship themed shorts to you know at least have something with with stripes on it, or uh, or would he go the traditional? Uh, black shorts route, and uh, you know the the jury was really out. Um, Quickstep has not always been known for making great choices, but he did come out wearing the black shorts, uh, much to our uh, I don't know what you'd even call that, but we were uh, very pleased. Our expectation, I it is our expectation. It is the official stance of the Slow Ride Podcast Race Jury that if you are the race leader, you do not wear matching shorts to the jersey right so the even the, if you are carlos betancourt and you're about to win paris nice i want those brown ag2r jerseys so so the official shorts. the official slow ride stance then is that the carpet does not need to match the drapes never yes little guy do never. you agree with this uh, i don't know if i care sure <laughs> i'll agree you actually I'll care go about the racing it. Mm. Yeah, I kind of like the racing more. What than a fool! The, the, what a fool! So and, Paris uh, Nice, and I also I don't really like I don't really like black shorts. So I got. Well, I got nobody that. does. Nobody oh. does. But there's no better option. Like, so you'd rather have the full banana kit, little guy? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It depends. I don't know. I'm gonna make no. Uh, full, full, you know, decision, no statement. Is, I'm, I'm gonna go. Biggest... I'm gonna take it a time, like a, by every race. I'm gonna this make a the, new decision. The, the biggest little guy cop out in the history of the Slow Ride Podcast. I thought we had a unanimous decision here, guys. That you need to wear black shorts with the yellow leaders jersey, or the polka dot yeah. jersey, or whatever. You I, but, I mean, remember when Simone team. would come out in all pink? That was beautiful. Oh, that was a beautiful thing. Remember? Oh, See, there we go. Remember and Canigo? Wait, Kim, oh. do you not own a full pink DeLuca <laughs> liquid gas kit? Hey, so here's something. How in 2006 did I not pick Danilo DeLuca on my fantasy team? Oh. I named my cat after Danilo DeLuca, and I have a full pink liquid gas kit in honor of DeLuca winning the Giro. Only for him to get first time or the second next time. year. Your, your wife time. is such a lucky woman. Yeah, oh. she's she's so lucky. Oh, guys, <laughs> that it hurts. Yeah, how did you take about... him with your first pick? You must have okay. really screwed that so up. So if you're Italian, if you're Italian, you can wear the pink jersey and the pink shorts. No, Actually, that, in fact, that's a good in point. The, in the Giro, you can wear the pink shorts with the pink top because it's pink. You can we've even only yeah, we've only been talking about yellow jerseys yes. here. Yes. And World Championship jerseys. Oh, I see how the weird qualifications okay. are going. Qualification right. one. If it's a yellow leader's jersey, you must wear 
your team shorts with the yellow jersey because you're not in Italy. Rule two. If you are the leader of the Giro d'Italia, you are allowed to wear a full pink kit, pink leg warmers, pink gloves, pink hat, pink bike. I don't care. You're allowed wait, to do it because you're winning the greatest race of them all. So wait, let's run a let's run a crazy scenario here, though, where I think we have to make an exception to this sort of rule. Is that okay. if you are leading the Volta, um, and you are a Comfortus rider, and I know I'm throwing out crazy stuff here, but imagine you ride for Comfortus, and you are leading the Volta, and suddenly you've got a red top and a different color red shorts. That's no good. I think you got to go with the full. The shorts to match the top. So you're bringing up like instance. the classic. You're bringing up the classic well, clash. Like this is. Now, I don't want to have a this, clash because this is you're happened. the same color. This has happened so, okay. slightly different, but this has happened last year with Peter Sagan on uh, on the Cannondale team in green, wearing the green jersey of us of a different shade of green, and he stuck with the trade team shorts. Yeah, but Very obviously he point. has. It, it looked has like garbage. No, he doesn't he care at all about what he looks like because, like, look at every kid he's he, like he's worn this year. He obviously went to. I don't Tinko, care what Sagan wears because I'm just staring. Well, I don't care. I don't care what he wears because I'm just staring at Sagan's eyebrows. I will back little guy up on this though. Sagan may have the worst kit in the peloton right now. That Saxo championship see. kit is terrible. Easy to see. It is so. So, little guy, I, I mean, hear it's hard your to point. see because the cameras aren't on him because he's getting dropped. So, but so little guy, are you, su- are you suggesting that we need to have a special leader of the Volta España um, jersey? Because they wear the yellow. They wear a red jersey now, right? It used to be gold, but now they wear red. Yeah, it's like red. No, I'm not saying we should have a special jersey because they already have a special jersey. I'm so saying this- that like you just have to make an exception for, for COVID times. only. No, just for clashes, because I want another team at some point to maybe use the color red. I'm so just why, saying clashes are bad. Why did the Vuelta get away from the uh, the gold jersey for the leader? That was pretty awesome. I think I it was. That. I think it was, was just it too Tour close. Of California stole it. No, I think it was just too close to the yellow jersey, and they're owned by uh, Amory Sports or whatever who owns the tour. They bought the Vuelta a couple years ago, so I think for them. It's they don't want to they don't want to devalue their main product being the Tour de France with this cheap Spanish knockoff that looks a little bit too much like their main. Hey hey product. hey hey hey! Now the leader of Airgas Safeway won that race, and so I that know. is a legit big race. It is a legit big race. Hey. You know, I believe it's a legit big race. But you I'm know, just Airgas saying, Safeway, I think guys. from their point of view, owning it. Oh, man, you know, I can't wait for them. Uh, they were going to do uh, a race down in Mexico that got canceled. So I don't even know when Chris Horner is going to be making his debut. It might be cyclocross season at the way things are uh, going. Or maybe wait, I'll so see wait, him in a few this, weeks with Adam Myers at, uh, at the uh, Tampa Crit. What's that, little guy? Okay, so did you guys see that today Lamprey officially like withdrew themselves from the MPCC, that like oh, group of, of teams uh, that that are like sort of – Follow a, like a stricter code of conduct around doping and like testing and, this is and the so reason forth. Why, that's the reason why uh, Horner wasn't in the tour, uh, the Volta yeah. last year, right? So that's so that's the reason that he didn't ride the Volta. His cortisone levels were low, so they pulled him. Like Lamprey pulled him. They didn't have to pull him if they weren't part of this organization, but because they were, they pulled him. Well, now they're leaving the MPCC because they want to keep Diego Luisi. 
which is like mind-boggling that they were like following the rules and now they're just like you know what we we want to what do we want more and the mpcc well now see to be fair chris horner is very very old and he is old there was a good chance he was gonna break a collarbone during that vuelta so they said you know Pull him out. We look good. We make some face. He doesn't and, have osteoporosis. Like he's not that old. I mean, he might. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's a this guy. Mess this guy's like twenty four. Like, he's got a. He's got ten years in front of him. So yeah, he's got ten years more to get busted again, and he's gonna yeah. get busted again. Yeah. I. I. I'm. I'm coming from a guy who like put him on his zero team last year for our fantasy thing because oh, I know he's he's gonna get wins, and he did get me wins, but then he got pops. So. It's just it's a, it's a little like is, Chris Horner is, I, aside I feel the fact that they're like Chris withdrawing themselves. That's I, that's the same strategy Lamprey used. <laughs> they wanted some wins and then he got popped and they're like, "Well, let's get some more wins out of him." I feel I do feel bad for Chris Horner in that situation that he didn't get a chance to defend and then you know, it's this Diego guy who yeah, maybe has a future but Lamprey had the defending champion. Yeah. If you if there's a time to back out of a self-regulatory <laughs> organization is when you're starting the defending champion of a grand tour. Not like a year later where you're just like, you know what? Nobody believes we're clean anyway and whatever. We got Diego. And they weren't going to let him so start like Torreno and Andriatico if we had to follow it. I think they're well, kind of banking on uh, the Astana thing being the main headlines and the oh yeah, uh, I think the so. Cirque, the Cirque report and, and the we'll sky get the getting – uh, Getting some fingers pointed at them, you know. It's weird like, hey. though. It is really weird to be like, "There's all this bad press about doping," and I know you. Maybe they're trying to slide it in real easy, but it's weird when all this shit's going on for them to be like, "Hey, let's let's do like a, a thing that makes us look really shady." Hey, let's we need like, to. Uh, yeah. Before we yeah. get to the look, I see, you're, you're, I see so what you're saying. Points. We need to slip into something here. We need to slip we into do. something a little more comfortable. We do, uh, for, yeah. but the key is buckler skincare, guys. The embrocation and the chamois cream. Don't get them mixed up. But the chamois cream is so pleasurable. I wore it this past weekend. You guys should totally get a pair. Just get, get just around, around the office? No, yeah. I, no I actually rode my bike, guys. I did a solo oh. hammer fest ride. Presented a by solo hammer fest. <laughs> presented by Buckler Skincare. It's, all Super Rookie Hammer Fests are solo, I've noticed. This is yeah. interesting. <laughs> So guys, did we'll you, cut to the. Did you were you going so hard you didn't, you couldn't even wave? You're <laughs> so going so fast on your tie bike. You're like I can't even. Wave I don't have a tie bike yet, little guy. I'm not 35. <laughs> I still have a few months. Yeah. So okay. guys, anyways, Buckler Skincare they sponsored our um, Um Loop contest last That's week. That's right. They, sure uh, we, we're going to ship out the the prize winners at the end of this week. They're. Chamois cream is among the best chamois cream I've ever used. It is affordable, and it is handmade in Tallahassee, Florida. It has a nice uh, menthol European um, uh, feeling to it. And you go to Buckler Skincare product or BucklerSkincare.com, use the code SLOWRIDE, all one word, lowercase, you get 10% off. And it's totally worth it. Um, it helps us. It's going to help us get some better microphones. But we really like to thank John at Buckler Embrocation for coming on board as the inaugural <laughs> Slow Ride Podcast sponsor. Yeah. We do yeah. appreciate that. And we do need better microphones. We definitely need better microphones, but I can't think of a better product. And for those of you that race cyclocross, that maybe you need some Belgian knee warmers, this is your dude. He's got a ton of different flavors. 
of uh, embrocation, if, if that's more what you're looking for in the spring months here. You know what or, I'm excited about, uh, which I haven't got yet, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating my package showing up, um, is the non-warming uh, embrocation. I'm going to use oh. that all summer long. I'm really excited about it. I want, I want the Italian shiny legs. Oh, you're definitely going to get does. the Italian shiny legs. It's, it's, it's leg shine? That's a little more than that, but... Uh, it's, it's got a little bit of SPF uh, built in. It's a little bit more of like just kind of a, you know... It's it's a nice soothing, almost like a massage um, rub. Like when you put it on, it allows it allows a little bit of texture. Um, oh. it's I'm like on Europe. Apply it. it. It's it's good stuff. Um, is, anyways, is the, news, to... is the news desk also your swan year? Uh, if I I might have to twist her arm or or pay her, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. That's that's so bucklerskincare dot com. Enter the code slowride. You get ten percent off. Help us out and get an amazing product while you're at it. This is Sarah Goff, U.S. Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. This horrible thing that we need to talk about because people come here for in-depth, rational cycling opinions. Mm-hmm. And that is the Cirque report. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not much news in terms of gossip and new riders. A lot of people were looking for that smoking gun, and we didn't get that. No. We just confirmed everything we already knew. Exactly. Well, not everything. They were very systematic <laughs> in a lot of the reports. They didn't like yeah. say that Lance did, in fact, pay off the UCI. Now, they did say Lance paid the UCI, and there's no – like concrete proof that those payments were for favorable treatment, but he did get favorable treatment. Did you so. see the, did you see the awesome thing about how he, when Lance was coming back in, in 2009 and McQuaid is like, Hey, you can't come back at tour down under cause you haven't been in the testing pool long enough. And then, and Lance is like, Oh, well I'm going to do the tour of Ireland. And then McQuaid's like, boom, you're in buddy. <laughs> which was con- was really convenient considering that McQuaid's like brother ran the tour of Ireland. <laughs> That's weird, right? I'm sure there was nothing, well, no connection, really, right? What's really crazy about that connection is that Pat McQuaid's brother is also the guy that's promoting the world championships in Richmond, Virginia. He's like the guy yeah. that sold that. So, um, yes, I mean, th- it shows that UCI is no different from FIFA or any of these other Olympic organizing committees. It is, there's a ton of corruption. But this report basically says that Lance Armstrong had blatant favoritism from the leaders of the UCI. They looked the other way for Lance and his, uh, you know, and what he was bringing to the sport. They were basically cashing it in. Yeah, definitely. So they're looking the other way. They, you know, they they sort of looked away from those backdated TUEs. Now, those, well, the uh, TUEs were huge. A couple of other things that did stick out to me, um, and maybe Spencer, you can interpret this a little bit because it was a little confusing for for me. Was that they said that twenty to ninety percent of the professional peloton is still doping, and to me that right. seemed like the weirdest stat ever. I couldn't even wrap my head around it. Well, I don't think they uh, they have any idea why. As the uh, as the local slow ride podcast statistician um, uh, here, what I can tell you about that statistician, 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 
Saturday. Anyway, numbers, number. You're the maths. I'm the numbers guy. We, we said I'm like you're the, the slow numbers ride guy. numbers guy. Um, sure. That's gonna be our next coupon code, numbers guy. Um, what that you means say is that, that now will get guaranteed. Hacked. Guaranteed, ten percent of the Peloton for sure is clean. Possibly fifteen percent, but you know, once you get into twenty percent, like you're starting to get in a gray area. And uh, the higher you get, the darker the cloud is. Um, I think is what that means. Okay. So I, the only number that matters to me is Mister Sixty Percent. Like that is what's important to me, and I guess he fits in there. So Bjarni Reese, also a star of the report. But did you pretty did you, pretty sure his whole team fits in there? Did you guys see the little well one? Yeah, there's the whole Contador got special treatment thing. But did you see the bit in there about how? Uh, some writer got busted and they were like, oh, you know, I bought EPO from uh, uh, an Italian amateur, uh, some northern Italian amateur, which I, I think they're alluding to the Cobra. Oh, man. It's Guys, good to know he's still Cobra. in the news. Speaking of another member that would have been on my 2006 fantasy team, Ricardo Rico. Man, mm-hmm. was I a fan. Did you see Leonardo Pipoli also was a uh, contributor to this report? I, when I read that name, yep. I was excited. I was like, oh, man, I totally – I don't care. Those Sunyar Duval kits between the Cobra mm-hmm. and Pipoli, those kits looked awesome. And the way that they rode, like that made a yellow jersey actually look good. Uh, another another they were, Horner team. Another they were Horner pretty, team. Good point. Pretty dope. So, um, did you, I, wait, I do, uh, one more thing about – Yeah, go ahead. Oh, do you oh, guys, did you guys see – the, the Igor Makarov or whatever, the guy who's on the management committee, the Russian oligarch guy that's like kind of behind the whole Katusha thing, he didn't even bother to show up for the questioning for Cirque. Yeah. He's on the UCI's like management board, can't even show up to the, to, the, to the questioning. What's crazy about that guy is that his company also sponsors like four of the confederations of cycling, like the Asian Confederation and the Oceanic Confederation. Yeah. He had something like thirty votes in his pocket. Yeah, that then went to uh, um, the current UCI president uh, uh, Brian Cook. So yeah, Cookson. the corruption, Cookson. Sorry, the cor- the corruption is ridiculous within the UCI, and that's what this report really basically says. And it says it's getting better. I do like how Spencer said is that ten percent of the peloton is definitely clean, maybe fifteen to twenty percent. But definitely a lot of microdoping going on, microdosing. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is, and it stems from the culture of the sport. And until they get out, get these guys that have profited from doping out of the sport, that's when it's going to have to change. And you know, it's it's it is just a, um, it's all front really, the doping. It's basically you don't let the sponsors know. And since uh, money is so tied into sponsorship, the sponsors want wins, and the best way to get wins is to uh, cheat. And we're well, I it. thought I thought an interesting part of it was that they were saying how, you know, when they look at the way the doping was in the past, it was run by teams, and kind of in the last fifteen twenty years, it's not run by teams anymore. It's like individual riders doing it. It's like maybe teams sort of winking at the rider and saying, "Yeah, you're not going to dope, but we expect these results," but it becomes it becomes a harder thing like like you're saying like with the microdosing and the fact that it's not it's not run by teams anymore it's like individual actors it's so much harder for the any testing authority to find all these guys when it isn't like a larger system 
that they can really break into, you know? I, I wonder what it's going to take to ever get the feeling that cycling is clean. Um, it's really, for me personally, it's going to have to take getting teams with the track record out, um, getting Vinokurov out, getting Bjarni Reese out. Because, you know, it's it's different than Bobby Julek being an assistant director, in my opinion. How is it different? Uh, just, I think that Bobby Julek's just kind of a... Uh, you know, third place. He never. He never won. I don't like. Yeah, but what? What is that? I, I know it's still shallow. Yeah. Third know, place for him is, is like he was on Kofidis too. It's just to the it's, moon for anyone else. I just no. I mean, you know, he's admit, just as dirty okay. though. You know what yeah, I mean? That's a very. That's a very. I, I hear you guys. It's a very flimsy thing. Maybe it's just my American bias coming out. I don't know. It's like if Christophe Moreau. <laughs> Uh, was a leader of a team, I'd say, like, it's okay because he's French, and I believe that the French riders are clean. I just – it's tough for me to see – and I know that they probably aren't after reading this report. But it's just – it's tough seeing guys like Vinokurov who openly flaunt the system, who yeah. is on record as buying off races, even though that probably yeah. happens all the time. But, like, there is documented evidence that he paid off a race to win – what was it? Liège, Bastogne, Liège? Like – they have yep. the bank account deposits that he sent. Tim, we all know that was a loan. We all know that was a loan. Oh, a loan, yes. I just – there's just something about the big-name guys needing to be out. And so would you say that that means Vodders has to be out? I, I, don't, I don't know if I would say anyone has to be out. I guess I, I feel – I have no idea if that matters. I'm just saying like if you're going to kick a Vino out, you kind of you kind of have to kick out – a Julik, you know, like they're in the same boat. One of them just was profited more from doping, but that's just either a fluke of genetics or a fluke of like their way they reacted to doping or something. You know, it's 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 no different. They both tried. Like they both probably were on very similar expensive programs at one point, and one of them just got more out of it. And that's just dumb luck. You know? No, I mean you're definitely making good points, Luke. I, I do I do appreciate well, it. And I I think I think if you want to change it more so than kicking guys out um, that have a history because you're never going to get them all, uh, they need to change that revenue stream. Kind of like what you were saying with the you know it used to be the teams and it's tied into sponsors and sponsors want wins. If, uh, if the money's coming from somewhere else, um, you know if they got paid well from an organization or whatever, and the sponsorship came through advertising rather than jersey sponsors and stuff. Um, you know, it could be less pressure on individuals. So uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for that. If it came in through the TV rights, like the uh, what is it, the World Series of Cycling or whatever that group was, whatever they decided their name was now, Velophone. Velo, Velon. Velon. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't saying, think Spencer, that changes but, it though. But I don't, I don't think, think it that changes it. Well, I'm, I'm not saying it's a solution. It, it's, to the problem, it may be but a step a, in the right direction. It's a part of it. Yeah. But until. Like, let's be honest here, is that most of these teams are bankrolled by a multimillionaire. Like, look at BMC. Like, they have a guy that doesn't even need – like, his own company is sponsoring it, right? Yeah. Look at, look at Makorov or whatever with Katusha. Look at Tinkoff. Like, there are special breadwinners. Yeah, Astana. Like, th- there isn't even really a need for those teams to dope theoretically other than what? Ego and wanting to be the best team? Right. Yeah. Somebody's and, always going to want to win, though, you know? I know. It's just... Uh, d- that's why I just a, don't think it's... That's why, that's why if it wasn't, if it wasn't based on a, 
a title sponsor for a team, you know, like you can like the Minnesota Vikings all day, even though they suck. Right. Like you've still got this pride in that team is there every single year. And, you know, you could be Garmin's biggest fan and all of a sudden they're not a sponsor anymore. And you're like, Oh, do I still like that team? Or do I now like, you know, sky or do I like whoever? Yeah. Cause it's always shifting around. Um, there's no continuity. All, all you got is confidence and credit agricole and these teams that stick around for 10 years. And then all of a sudden they pull the rug out from under you too. And, uh, you know? I don't know if that matters to the dope. I just feel like that's the, it's a weird product of cycling that you just, you have to be, you know, you become a fan of riders as opposed to a fan of teams. Like there's not, right. it's like, it's as opposed to, yeah, like you're saying, like most other sports, you might be fans of, of certain, of players, well, but you're more a fan of a team, but there isn't that, well, there isn't that regional. We're starting to get to the point thing. though, where people are becoming fans of the teams though. And like, right. But that because, doesn't make any damn sense. Because no, 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 like, I've gonna... become a big fan of AG2R. Like, I don't even care what AG2R does anymore, but like, we used to make fun of them when they were the blue and yellow team. And then they went yeah. to Brown and we're like, oh, but you know what? They stuck with it and they've come out of almost nowhere to become a, a bona fide French cycling team. And it it's kind of like I want them to win everything. Everything they do, I follow all their accounts. Like, I can't even read it all because it's always in French. I want them to win. Betancourt. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like, you know? I understand that. I mean, I, I can understand that, but it's still, mo- it's still at the end of the day, it comes down to riders. Like, you know, you end up being a fan of certain riders. Like, I, I guess feel like when I watch a race, I don't go in often thinking I really want, you know, like a ton of people win or like I'm rooting only for one team. Like, well, however the race develops, like at like watching the race last weekend, it's like, oh, sweet. I got three guys in this final move and I know which one I want to win. You know, I'm going to root for him from this point forward, but it's still fun to watch either way. I hear you. That's a good point. I was just, I mean, I, mean, I think I'm we're t- all sad with what happened with the, uh, with the Cirque report. Cause it didn't give us what we all wanted. We all wanted the smoking gun and it just really like reconfirmed everything that we've ever thought about cycling. The, yeah. The problem is there's like, 50,000 guns that are all smoking, you know? You're... Yeah, they're just, they're like, they're all just those little derringers, though. They're all small. Yeah. Yeah. They're all just under the table. What's all that smoke? It's just, there's lots of, there's lots of shady crap. And yeah, I mean, there's not going to be anything that's going to b- destroy the sport and make half the people have to get kicked out or something ridiculous like that. It's just going to be, it's small incremental change, right? We're going to think incremental change, I think, is key. Yeah, they need to they need to reform the UCI and make all that shenanigans transparent, and they need to change the money stream because it always in every sport, everywhere, and everything basically everywhere it always comes down to the money, you know. Uh, and you're you're spot on. I think the money stream will be changed, and I do personally like what's happening at the UCI. I do think Brian Cookson is a huge upgrade to Hein Verbergen and Pat McQuaid. Um, I think yeah. that things are getting to where they need to be, and I'm happier now than I was seven, eight years ago when we first started watching bike racing. Um, so my my quality of life, my job prospects have improved because of this president. <laughs> Sweet. This, and uh, this, so when when Cookson comes back, I hope people like do a poll and be like, "Are you happier with the U- UCI now than you were eight years ago?" <laughs> like a grainy black and white. We. <laughs> We could run some really good uh, attack ads, but oh man, so guys, we should start working on attack ads. Forty seventh okay. episode is in the books. We'd like to thank Buckler Skincare once again. Go to bucklerskincare.com. 
Enter the code SLOWRIDE for 10% off. Get some chamois cream. It's the best in the biz. Um, we have another contest coming up with Milan San Remo and uh, some of the classics coming on board. Maybe do a Velo Games uh, contest. We'd like to uh, thank um, all of our listeners. And we all, most importantly want to thank BK1 of uh, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment who granted us permission for our awesome intro song. Uh, you can get it on his album Radio Do Cannibal. And also like to thank our friend Love Lost Love Found for you doing the voiceover. Um, are we back guys, on SoundCloud? Have they believed we, us yet? We are not back on SoundCloud. Um, a we bunch will, of we'll, jerks. We'll to, I know. Well, what's important though is that we have permission from a great musician to, to do the music. A lot We've gotten great comments about it, so I'd like to thank uh, BK1 again. And uh, guys, you can always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. You can always catch us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. We got a great tweet the other day of a fat bike with arrow bars. Just think about that for a second. <laughs> okay. I will. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Thank you.